Oh, have I got a juicy episode for you guys today? <gasps> Seriously, there is nothing more freaking challenging than facing disrespect with your in-laws. Oh God, even just saying this out loud, it like pains me to say, but oh my God, it's something that if you are in a relationship, you probably are going to have to deal with it. And so in this episode of Relationship Theory, you will learn what to do in this situation, how to refrain from escalating and heightened emotional moments and avoid friction with your partner because as much as we don't want it to happen it may be inevitable that your partner's going to be involved with the friction that maybe happens with you and your in-laws and so we really do just be honest about how you handle them do you expect your partner to show up in your relationship with your in-laws and to support you or do you expect them to stay out of it do you expect them to have your back or do you actually even discuss this or do you silently get frustrated with them when they actually don't support you We go through all of this and so much more in today's episode. So let's dive in. And guys, if this episode did bring you value, please do share it with your partner, share it with your homies and do rate and review. That's the one thing that would be amazing. Please rate and review this podcast. Let people know what Women of Impact is all about. Now, let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host Tom Bilyeu and I am here with my lovely wife who's very angry about my microphone. Hello, my beautiful. Yes, How I are am. you doing? <laughs> Don't you try and suck up to me. <laughs> Funny thing is like now that we're live, it's like, okay, oh, no, yeah. but we got to figure this out. This is so weird. So this is the type of thing that we actually argue about yeah. where it's like, the production or things like that where it's like it's blocking your face yeah. but anyway not to bore everybody hi guys I, I worry more about you guys so first question is from last week from andy frisch from facebook guys please help i just married the most amazing woman love of my life soulmate her parents are very religious and do not support the marriage my wife's brother actually left the family due to them and refuses Whoa. to talk to them my wife is in the middle and i don't want to pull her away but i cannot continue to just top of the fuck up and deal with it i'm not religious and feel the only way for us to survive is to cut ties but i can't bring myself to give my wife an ultimatum nor should i we listen to relationship theory and impact theory so i think the future is bright but how do we survive now thank you so much you guys are changing lives so to me the uh, so full disclosure you and i i know we wouldn't deal with this the same way and ironically, I think my way is right and you think your way is right. And every time we encounter something like this, you seem like an alien to me and I'm sure (laughs) vice versa. And so I will give my very emphatic advice and that is you're never going to change them. So either cut ties, which is almost certainly going to cause a massive amount of distress for your wife. If she were the one that were leading the charge on cut ties, okay, then that's nice and easy. The reality is you need to learn to like water off a duck's back. Like, here's the thing. I'm never going to find, like, even if somebody were outright heckling me in a relationship, and let's say that it were your parents. Now, your parents are insanely lovely. So thankfully, I'm never going to have to deal with this barring like some significant head trauma to one of them. Um, They're just great people. They're so good. I love your in-laws, my in-laws, your parents. So, but if they were outright heckling me and I was like, you're, you love them and you're like in this really weird position where it's like, I think they're so horrible to you. And for years, let's say you tried and it was stressing your relationship out and it was becoming a bigger issue and they were actually getting worse towards me and it was eating you alive. I'd just be like, don't worry about me. 
And I'm going to go, and this is going to be practice time. And I'm going to see, like, how much can I deal? Like, how chill and zen can I be in this situation? How much can I diffuse them? How much can I win them over? And it would just be a game for me. Is there a way for me to win them over? Without changing who I am, but being, to like, have you ever tried to push rope? You can't do it. it is, right? Like, I remember somebody. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Uh, not I only really have you like heard that. it, you've heard it from me a thousand times, Push minus the, the sound effect. No. Yeah. What they usually say is, have you ever tried to shoot pool with rope? Mm. So It's cool. I like it. Um, and, and that's what I would be. Like, the, whatever they were trying to do to attack me, like, it, yeah. there are ways to diffuse everything. The reason that people get into these, like, gnarly situations is they feel like they have to defend themselves. They have to protect their ego. They've got to, like, make a point. It's the principle of the thing. All starting to sound familiar. I so, don't know what you mean. Yeah. So for me, like that, there's no logic in that. Like it just doesn't make sense. So once you rule out cutting them out of your life, then it becomes either you're fighting fire with fire. And so you continue to escalate and it's absolute misery or the cops are getting called. I mean, this is how people get into literal physical mm. altercations. It's total madness. Or you just go, I'm going to, this is a game and I'm going to practice. How do I diffuse the situation? And so... As long as they're not like clubbing baby seals in the living room, like I, I don't need to change their behavior. I don't need to stop them. So, yeah. And just to give people context. So um, I'm Greek Orthodox and you were the first person really in my entire family or I was the first person in my entire family to ever marry out of the Greek Orthodox religion. Um, but when I met you, I had said getting married in a Greek church was actually important to me. I'd had a dream as a young girl and it was really important to me to get married in a Greek Orthodox church. Um, and you had to be christened though to do that. And you had turned around to me and you'd said, and this was one of those like, all those things that, you know, you build the bricks of like trust and just you're there for me. I so remember this. And you said, baby, I would, if that's going to make you happy, I would do whatever it takes. So if I need to get christened so that we can get married in a Greek Orthodox church, because this is the dream that you had, I'll do it in a heartbeat. But you were also very much yourself. And you said, the one thing I won't ever do, and I just need you to know, is I don't believe in God. And so... I need you to know that I'm doing it for you and I don't want this to be a slippery slope where all of a sudden now like I'm going to church all the time and you're acting like I believe in God when I don't. And you were always very honest about that, very upfront and very respectful. Um, and so from the get-go, like I then told my dad, I was like, look, here's a man who wants to marry me in a Greek church. He's willing to do it, but please don't put pressure on him to have to believe in God. Like I don't want you preaching to him. And I was very honest with my dad of that. And so you really did help when it came to like my family and my beliefs and you did jump in and embrace it all. Um, you learned how to speak Greek and, and I know this was all for me, but it really did help us bond. So that was very powerful. And yeah, you never held it against me. And that's the one thing um, when this guy said, and I think he's very aware, right? He says, I don't want to give my wife an ultimatum. And like, that's just, you can't do that. Like, that's not fair on her, in my opinion. Like, she doesn't control her parents. So how they act is not a reflection of how she's acting. Um, and then for me, when the, if it's the flip, and I haven't obviously been in that situation when it comes to religion, but I definitely have a little different way of seeing things because for me, I don't like to be disrespected and that's just my thing. So um, if, you're, 
if let's say your parents are disrespecting you in front of me, I know better, like I'm not gonna get involved. This is, you're an adult, you can handle that situation. I will still have my opinions, but I'll just keep them to myself. But if I felt like we were in a situation where I was actively being disrespected, I've got to say, I don't really care who you are, whether it's you're my husband or whether you're my husband's parents. Like, I just think there's a line that you don't cross. And as you say, you get treated the way you you let people treat you. Mm -hmm. And I really hold to that. So whether it be your parents or, I mean, I've you know, worked on movie sets and there've been A-listers who have disrespected me and I told them to the face, like, please don't talk to me like that. Show me respect and I'll show you respect back. And so I've got that line that I just don't cross. So yeah. So give this guy advice. Tell him exactly what to do and I want to see if the crazy comes out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you mean. So for me, it'd be like, make sure that A, your partner needs to know how much you love her. Like, baby, I'm here for you. We're going to get this through this together. This is an issue that I have a problem with. I'm really struggling right now, but we need to work as a team. That is a must because yeah. you have to be united. You cannot have other people's uh, outsiders or your partner's parents influence the affection and the relationship between the two of you. Got to make that mark. So step mark number one. Then deal with it as a team. So talk to her about how you're feeling versus feeling like I can't talk to her because it's her parents. Like, don't be insulting, like, oh, you're effing dad. And like, be respectful. It's still her parents, but be open about how that makes you feel um, so that he can now feel like he's got an ally. Um, And then, yeah, I would say like at some point, if they are rude to you, if it was me, I would... um, be very polite and just dismiss myself from situations and say like, oh, it's, you know, a dinner out with your parents. Have fun, baby. Love you. Let me know. Tell your parents I say hi. I just, I don't like putting myself in situations where I feel like I would have to be quiet if someone was disrespecting me. And So, so you're in- telling him to not go. She can go, but he's not going to go. Right. Now, if there's certain situations where it's like a birthday, like go bite your Christmas. tongue. Christmas. Make it nice and hard. Christmas day or Christmas season? Day. All right. Christmas day. Yeah, I would go for sure. And I would bite my tongue. And you have taught me the one phrase you say to me a lot is, um, oh, God, like, don't. Don't deal with the world the way you wish it were. Deal with the world the way that it actually is. Exactly. So but there. So I would do that. But right? let's I've, keep it hard. So he goes on Christmas Day yep. and they're disrespecting him. Yep. That's what you got, my daughter. I would, ridiculous. Right. Yep. I would repeat to myself, why are you doing this? Right. Like, I would figure out why I'm doing it. It's because right. I love my wife. Yep, they're married. Um, It's because I love my wife. And I would just keep repeating to myself, I love her. I'm here to make her happy. I love her. I'm here to make her happy. I'm here for her. I'm not here for them. I'm here for her. And I would literally, like a mantra, just repeat it in my head. Because it's important to know why you're doing it. Because then I won't get caught up in the emotion that I'm feeling in that moment. I would just embrace of like, okay, the result is to make him happy. So when I go home at the end of this Christmas dinner that may be torturous, when I go home, she's going to be so proud of me. And for your partner, she needs to make sure, or in fact, you should tell her, and this is what I would do, like, I really am looking for a pat on the back. Like, it was really tough for me just now to sit through that lunch with so-and-so being disrespectful to me. Downgraded it to a lunch. Oh, dinner, fine. (laughs) But I would like like, I would when we were with them on Christmas Eve, I would I would be honest with you of what I'm looking for in return, because if you then didn't show appreciation, that would really bother me. If you were just like, well, of course you need to 
shut up in front of my parents and not answer back. Like, if you were like that, like, what am I doing it for then? I would want you to say, baby, I know that was tough and I really saw how strong you were. And so thank you for doing that because then I'm feeling good about it. I've seen you happy. You know that I'm trying. So that's what I mean by teamwork, like really working together to have those conversations on what my expectations are before and after. That's great advice. Thank you. Definitely. So I'm not crazy? Well, so now do you want to talk about what I think would really happen? Oh, wow. You don't think that I no, would No, no, no. You would do all of that. Okay. But you would get angry. You would get very upset. Yeah. I would probably leave and... Like even this morning, we were talking about not this, but we were talking about something and I had that same sense of, oh, wow, it's yeah. really interesting to me yeah. how differently we react. Yeah. So uh, yeah, somebody right. was doing you dirt. There's no question they're doing you dirt. Like I don't <laughs> argue that. I'm just saying it doesn't make me mad. Yeah. It's so predictable. Right. And because it's predictable, I don't have an emotional response to it. And you and I have talked a lot about this. Like behavior that's predictable should not upset you. And yet, like even though we've been talking about this for mm. several days, like you know this is going to happen. You know it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. When it happens, it still makes you mad. Yeah. And so that's the part where I'm always like, wow, that's really, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, you're right. I would leave the, the house yeah and I would need to tell you about it like yes. this this moment when she said that or when he said that it actually really did upset me yeah. and that's when actually I would say to you what I'm looking for is like baby I totally get it love you I still appreciate you going through it for me like I totally and so now let's like do you mind if we really get mired in the mud here and and I don't like to linger on one question I was gonna say long. you're the one that tells me I know I, and, and and I'll I'll be fast but okay. so here's what ends up happening So because you're getting in, like, it's easy to talk about in the abstract. In the reality, they're being total dicks to you. So then you start getting mad. You get quiet, which Mm -hmm. is your defensive strategy. But then they can tell that you're getting mad. But they don't think you should be mad about it. So now they feel justified because you're being in their mind bitchy. And so now you're both escalating. So even though you're escalating out of silence, you're giving a look. You're giving off this vibe. And so it, it turns into this really freaky escalation. So on paper, like, your advice actually works. But in reality, if you're if you are actually getting mad, it won't work because you won't be able to hide it. So what I'm saying is like water off a duck's back where you're actually not you're actually not getting upset. So I'll give you a really weird example and hopefully I can bring this all together. So there are people in my family who not my immediate family, but like start thinking sort of second, third cousins kind of thing who do drugs. So there was this one time where people I don't remember meeting. My mom said I met them when I was really, really young. I don't remember it. They show up at the house. Now, we're, imagine we're all sitting around the table when they show up. So there's like 12 of us around the table. These two come in. They're hilarious. Like they, to me, they look like comic characters. Like they're so disheveled, like really white trashy, like missing teeth. I mean, just crazy, crazy, like hillbilly shit. And they roll up. Now, everyone fucking scatters. So goes from 12 people around the table to me and the two of them. And that's it. And I sit and have one of the most memorable, like, I think this was Christmas Eve, one of the most memorable Christmas Eves of my life because I turned off judgment and I just started asking questions, right? So I tell people, if you want to be interesting, be interested. And I thought, let me just learn from these two. Like, they, I don't want to say what they do because it'll be too revealing, but they have a very interesting job that you don't hear a lot about anymore. So I'm asking him like all these questions. And I'm like, wow, like, yes, they're super high right now. And I don't know what they were doing, if it was weed or heroin, to be honest. Yeah. But it was pretty funny because they would like be falling asleep like in mid-conversation. 
It was amazing. I just had so much fun like learning about them mm-hmm. without like being like, oh my God, I can't believe yeah, this. Yeah, but there's a difference so, between judgment and... And that's why I'm like, I've got to bring these together because this seems like a weird example to use here. It's just, it's a very visceral example where there's all the reason in the world to pass judgment on these two to shut down and just leave the table, right? But instead, I really found a place of legitimate interest and intrigue in mm. them to learn more. So because of that, I was radiating very different emotions and all the like nonverbal cues than everyone else in the room who was giving off like negative vibes. So of course, like it, it became this really interesting exchange. Now, that didn't mean that suddenly like I'm all for like people doing heroin. Like that wasn't it. It just became like... For that moment, I'm going to take them as they are, not trying to make them a different way and find my own way to enjoy, which for me is learning, to tap in, to learn something, to find out, like ask these really, ask these questions to which the answers were so interesting. Not that I was like, oh my God, I'm learning how to be in my own life. It was just interesting. And so in finding that, like I know if I was getting assaulted by somebody, I would go into interested mode. And I would just try to learn about them to find out more, to steer the conversation where I wanted to go, to take them into waters where maybe they light up. Remember, we were working on this house and we had this one guy, he was so important to getting it done. He was so fucking grumpy. And so finally, I was so, I was getting angry. And I thought, this is where I'm gonna get myself into trouble because I'm gonna start being like really fucking direct with him because you know how I get when people are inefficient and dickheads like that red lines me you can be a dickhead or you can be inefficient you can't be both and so i thought get interested and so i asked him like what's your deepest passion in life what really makes you happy because i wanted him to like get out of this fucking dark funk and he started talking about his daughters and i thought whoa like okay this is actually really interesting and now he's in a better mood i'm in a better mood so anyway that's how i deal with anger aggression 